Hey, remember to subscribe and follow my podcast so when I release a new episode, you get a notification. And follow me on Instagram. Yes, King Oliver. I am very active on there. Have a great day and enjoy the episode. So I'm a deep thinker, right? And um, the more I think about like what is the purpose of life, the more I get there isn't a purpose. You just have to find purpose. It's almost like someone's dumped a baby on your doorstep. What do I do with it? Well, there's only one thing you can do is nurture it, feed it, love it, give it attention. You can't really do anything else. So it's like, what is the purpose of life? There is no purpose. We're just a bit of bacteria that happened to get enough sunlight and enough food to keep creating. So it's like, we're here. What do we do now? Find a purpose to get you up in the morning, to get you through the day, to enjoy yourself. And then before you know it, you'll be 90 and then that's it, your time's up. And then you're gone. And then you turn into a different type of bacteria. And then therefore, does that count as reincarnation? Technically, yes. Whether it's a cow or it's another, or it's a mosquito or a bit of bacteria, technically that is reincarnation if you do Technically, even if you blend into the soil where you're buried, that's reincarnation, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's just like your energy is transferred over to another energy. And you just live that life again. Although I do think that it goes up in mass. If reincarnation does exist, it goes up in mass. So when you're born, you're a certain vibration. And as you go through life, you take on knowledge, your energy increases. And then you come back as something kind of around the energy when you left the earth. It has to keep going up. It can't just like space doesn't just build up and then drop. It has to go up in vibration. What would you say? Mm, I got that. However if it's no longer so i have a concept and i guess this this isn't so much in terms of every element in the you know in the universe but specifically about people your energy exists and as we communicate about people so let's say you know the more that people say our names and we we acknowledge ourselves that vibration increases because our energy is going towards the idea of that one thing or that one person now hundreds of years later when no one remembers you and no one speaks your name anymore, I feel that in those moments your vibration can lessen and therefore you can disappear. So so it's almost like you have a star and it burns out. So the energy is built up through however the star came and then it it fizzes out. So what you're saying is correct. Our spirit, our vibration that was there made up of lots of energies if other energies kind of on the similar frequency come in they can take parts of that energy and therefore that whole energy will reduce so actually you you are i think you're right um energy can um reduce um it's like static energy it's almost like a wi-fi signal when you turn on your your wi-fi box it takes a while to build up to full strength because it's been emitted by the router and if you turn off your say tv or your wi-fi box it takes a little lot it takes a little while for the energy to remove like when i turn off my tv it's still clicking afterwards because it's cooling down um when i turn mm-hmm. off the wi-fi there's still a connection and then it kind of disconnects so you're right it does go up and does go down yeah well and as it disperses into different forms it's like 10 percent of my energy is going here 10 percent is there 10 percent is there and then you're and then you, you've now contributed to so many different so many elements that that one source has it no longer exists it still exists amongst many however within its static form no longer exists can you see me by the way no i mean yeah. I, I see you but you're frozen um 
Yeah, do you know that that's um that's changed my opinion on that because I always thought up until now that kind of you're left with the energy you last were. So if you died at say energy number nine, then if you were to reincarnate, you come back starting at energy number nine because you'd go into the next energy of what you were vibrating at. But it's mm-hmm. like how long does it take for you to reincarnate? Your energy can't just sit there and be the same power. It's like if you charge mm-hmm. your iPhone and put it in the drawer and it's turned off, don't think you're going to turn it on in five days and it's still 100%. It loses yeah. its energy. So energy does reduce. Hence why if you don't use your brain growing up, if you don't use your brain when you're older, you start to get dementia because your brain mm-hmm. muscles start to weaken. If you don't go to the gym frequently, all the muscles you built through gym work start to reduce. Um um yeah i suppose it's like a baby to a to a mother and then you start to mother your uh your mother when she's really old and the, and the roles are verse so we all go become a child adult adult child it's this constant yeah i think i think you're right yeah yeah <laughs> awesome <laughs> yeah you know i'm um, in the sky right sometimes you see shooting stars but they're actually satellites Mm-hmm. So it's that's like, so unfortunate. I'm I stick to telling myself that they are shooting stars. Okay, I don't care if they're actually satellites. This is where I get to make my own reality. I'm like, if I see something move in the sky, it is a shooting star. See, I used to believe or want to believe that they were aliens, and it's almost like, it's almost like, it's almost like you know, if you believe in ghosts, it's not about whether the ghosts are real or not. It's your own experience, feeling connected, feeling there's an afterlife. You know, believing mm-hmm. that your grandparents are looking down on you. It's, it's your own experience on this life, and it's your own belief system. It's not about whether God's real or not. So, if you look at a, a plane and think it's an alien, then that get, makes you excited because oh my god, aliens are real. That gives you like a buzz and a high. Mm-hmm. If you look at that satellite and you're thinking oh my god, it's a shooting star that makes you feel good. Like we don't know the difference between what's real and not. So it doesn't matter whether it's a shooting star, whether it's a plane, whether it was a ghost or just simply you left the window open downstairs and the door flew open. If it gives Mm -hmm. you like a purpose now, go with it because all we have is feeling. A hundred percent. And I feel that most of that joy actually comes in the imagination. So even if you, even if it was a real shooting star, you're not thinking to yourself, Oh, that star is dying. You're thinking to yourself, I'm going to make a wish. So shooting stars are only exciting because there's a superstition to them. And so that same joy that you get, it, it all comes from your own imagination. So is it really what we're looking at that brings us joy or is it what we make it mean that brings us joy? I think it's both. It's like biology and physics. If you take a, a tablet and you believe it's not going to work, it won't. But if you believe it will work, it will. And also if you take a fake tablet and believe it's going to work, it will. And if you believe it's not going to work, it won't. Same as like non-alcoholic drinks and alcoholic drinks or caffeine coffee or decaf coffee. It's it's both. Um, mm-hmm. You can get that feeling whether it's a natural shooting star or not. You can think it's a satellite and it is a shooting star. And you've got the feeling of, oh, it's not a shooting star. Um, I have re- only recently realized that well, we see things as one, like you're one person, but it's multi-dimensional. It's two. I've realized that like the commander in chief of our whole life and our whole body is the brain. It's like you can override your, it's like having a board of directors. They make the decisions based on your last um, order, for example. So if I think I have to take a tablet for hay fever, then I believe that I'm going to sneeze if I don't. And I will if I don't take it. But, for example, the president goes to the board and says, look, this is nonsense. You're going to sneeze anyway. You don't need this tablet. You're going to be fine. Yes, boss. And then you don't take a tablet. 
and you don't sneeze. It's almost like our bodies respond to the last programmed thought mm -hmm. and you can override it at any point. And that, and that makes me think to myself, if I don't want to take a AP of a tablet because I believe if I believed I did, I wouldn't sneeze and I don't. What's the point in taking it? But then it's like I know deep down that if I don't take it, I'm going to sneeze. So you kind of override your last thoughts where you it's, it's a really strange thing. It's like observing a particle in quantum physics. When you look at it, it knows you're looking at it. So how do you how do you get it to know you're not looking at it when when you have to look at it? It's really it's really complicated. <laughs> I think that some I think that where you would be able to develop that would be in like a dream state where your unconscious mind is actively communicating with your conscious mind to program you once you're awake and you don't know because you don't remember your dreams and yet so much was accomplished in your sleep. So there are actually many things that you can do to prep yourself before you go to bed to program your dreams, to communicate what you want your unconscious mind to communicate to your conscious mind so that in the, in the case when you wake up, you don't end up going for that tablet and See you that? don't care. That, that is interesting because it's like if I was lucid dreaming and I was aware at that time that I was doing this, so in the afternoon I am doing this, then as soon as I become aware I'm dreaming, I wake up, right? Because when mm -hmm. you become aware you're dreaming, you get excited and you wake up. But if you're not aware you're dreaming and you, as you said, program your mind to do whatever during the night, so during the day it becomes a reality, are you still observing yourself by the fact that you know when you go to bed and you're not lucid dreaming that you are kind of doing something for the day afterwards or mm -hmm. are you actually not observing yourself like, is it possible to observe yourself without you knowing you're observing yourself because yeah. that does make sense that's a good point you yeah, can do all the stuff you want to do you don't even have to be lucid dreaming though that's the thing you like no matter what your dreams are part of your ex your your life's experience so even if you're not lucid dreaming like even if you don't get to the point where you are where you have that level of control let's say you can still plant seeds before you go to bed because your subconscious mind is always listening so you can actually create what it is what the intention is for you to recreate to heal to um to just become overnight and over time you will see it come through in, in your day-to-day -day life so uh sometimes it's not necessarily getting to the point of let's say lucid dreaming or sleep paralysis or some of like let's say the goals that you would have in, in going into that work it can be like journaling the way that you journal to release to then set intentions for your dreams we, we do a lot of this work when we're awake but we don't necessarily do a lot of this work for when we're asleep and it's equally as powerful yeah like 18 85 of everything i've ever learned has been whilst i'm sleeping so i used to play youtube videos and autoplay all through the night like eight hours worth of everything you could even imagine and i'd wake up the next day and i'd be consciously thinking about something that i don't remember learning consciously knowing mm -hmm. that it was something i listened to during the night it could be something like quantum physics or whatever and i'd be thinking about it and when you think about how that's how i learned a lot of my knowledge for the day afterwards, you think about hypnosis. A hypnotist can come into my room without me realizing, hypnotize me to say, go to the bank and take out money, whatever, or go to see my grandma. And I think it's my thought, but it wasn't. It was a hypnosis thought. And then you think about, um, you know, when you listen to TV before you go to sleep, you start dreaming about the stuff you're hearing. So when you think about it like that, you're right. It is possible to change a mindset without you being aware because 
yeah, what I was saying before is how can you change yourself? It all came down to the tablet placebo effect. It's like you need you, your brain can override your last thought. And it was like, how do you override the last thought? Like taking the tablet. I know damn well it doesn't work. So how do I get myself to take it? Otherwise, I'm going to sneeze because I need to believe that it is going to help me. Otherwise, I will sneeze. Um, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what comes to your mind right now? comes to my mind right now what I'm thinking is okay so I was thinking of a story since we're talking about you know let's say placebo effects I have serious allergies right and I take reactin all the time which is like an allergy medicine and a couple of years ago I I was like at the worst of my allergies and I went on a trip actually both my mom and I she had serious hives from everything she ate and I had to take reactin every day we went to uh Azores, which is like uh, Portugal, right? And we were just vacationing, beautiful. By day two, neither of us took our allergy medicine. And we didn't really realize it until a week later when we said, oh my goodness, it's been a week and neither of us have, have had to take in our medicine. What is going on? And then after that, neither of us had to pick up medicine ever again. I don't know if it was the vitamin D. I don't know if it was the pressure from the plane. I don't know if it was just the joy that we got from traveling together. I don't know what it was. But something shifted for the both of us to heal whatever it was that we had grown attached to in our day-to-day life. Yeah, so I don't actually believe that allergies are real. The same as I don't believe disease is real. Like when you have the disease, you have the name of what it is. You could say that is real. That state mm-hmm. of which the body's in, that is called cancer, diabetes, whatever. But it doesn't just happen like that. There's things that you would have done over your time that you don't even realize cause this because it's just part of life. You eat these foods because your parents eat this food, whatever. Everyone has six hours sleep in the office, so you have six hours sleep. But all these factors led to your body being in a state where it's basically broken. And it's the same for allergies. If you have like a bad respiratory system then if you're in like say a dusty place whatever you're going to struggle but if you live by the ocean in nature you'll have pure oxygen and it's the same with glasses i know many stories of people going to the doctor the spec savers whatever to get glasses because let's just say their eyes are really shitty at that point they don't think about oh have you been on the computer for say nine hours before have you been reading in the dark they say oh yeah you can't read that thing on the wall we'll give you glasses and then mm-hmm. one time he forgot his glasses when he was on holiday and then he they didn't need them and he could see perfectly fine and it's like by believing that we need something we look for the answers and that is for everything disease a mm-hmm. spiritual sign tablets People. glasses food it's yeah. like I can't give up smoking because it's addictive because it's got nicotine in. So you, you expect the answers to be, oh, I can't mm. give up. So you don't even bother. Um, I know, for example, I made myself dyslexic because I really wanted to be dyslexic because I wanted to be like Richard Branson because I had so many ideas and nobody would believe in me. I made myself dyslexic by like kind of my brain not being able to read something. And rather than pushing through reading or trying to work out or remember that spelling, I would kind of give up at the point where my muscle in my brain would have built itself to learn that spelling for the next day. Like when you go to the gym, you lift a certain amount of weights and the next day you can lift more. Whereas if you just think, oh, I can't lift it and stop, then you break, you never get any bigger. And 
and I looked at dyslexic people, how they couldn't read, how they couldn't spell. And I realized if you flip it, you are reading that and, and everyone knows you're dyslexic. So they're not saying speed up in the classroom and they're, they're, they're waiting for you to be patient. You know, let, 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 let them take it some time. Teachers like helping you out. So if your teacher's helping you, you're not using your own brain. It's like people who get dementia, the partner starts to do things for you, starts to remember things for you. As a result, they are remembering you're not. So your brain's starting to die. And then what happens is, is that oh, he's always forgetting his keys. And then she remembers your keys and then your brain has got nothing to remember. It's almost like we trap our own selves with the belief that we're already trapped. At the same time, you can get yourself out by believing you were never trapped in the first place. And it's how do you differentiate that? It's like if I told you that disease doesn't exist, you say, what the fuck do you mean? I've got cancer. I'm going to die. Doctor says it's like, well, hang on a sec. Doctor says you're going to die. That's because he believes that cancer you're going to die for six months based on loads of people dying after six months but they only die because they would believe they were going to die because you told them they were going to die and then you've got the other half which is people just magical healing don't believe in all this shit and miracles happen it's like how do you reprogram like a, a, a 200 year old belief system that if you have this disease that is it is tricky mm -hmm. and the great thing about what you mentioned about healers and i'd say like you know, let's say the spiritual world is that it's much older, right? We've had medicine, like you said, 200 years, we've been told that it's cancer. And yet, if we look past those 200 years, we have so many resources to work with that truly do make a difference. I mean, I experienced the same thing. Like so many things come up for me based on just life's experiences. My grandmother had cancer. We literally just recreated her diet and her nutrition, and she ended up passing away from a heart attack. It was like years later, completely separate, nothing that had to do with, with the cancer. Uh, I declared literally my whole life, I didn't feel like my voice resonated with me. I just was like, I want my voice to go to rasp a little bit. I don't know. I just kept saying it, saying it, saying it. I'm like, when I turn 18 my voice is going to change. Like that's going to be the thing that makes me feel like I'm a woman. Let me tell you how, when I turned 18 for no reason at all, I grew like, um, like nodules on my vocal cords and I had to get okay. surgery and my, and my voice completely changed. And now it's like this, and this is technically what I wanted. And I, I really truly believe that the same way that we, you know, talk about declaring things that you want externally, you can declare internally 100%. And and that is literally the makings of your life. That is the is creating exactly what it is you want. I just feel like there's too much fear in making that declaration in being so transparent in what you want and in standing for it. Because we're talking about standing for yourself over what let's say you were made to believe your life should look like that has a lot to do with the direction we go in let's say spirituality or even in entrepreneurialism i'd say in this community of people awakening to a different way of living is a lot of okay i'm going to let go of everything i believed or was taught that my life should look like and create the one that I feel most resonates with me. And that could be a scary jump for a lot of people. So I feel like we know, we can communicate, we can talk all, all day about how powerful our words are. And yet what actually gets in our way, I'd say more is fear. Yeah, I remember when I was in college once, I said in front of the class, if for example, I lost my arm in an accident and I had a kid, would he have an arm or not? And they laughed at me. And I didn't word it correctly. What I was saying is that if my body gets used to not having an arm, like a tailbone 
of like we've come from apes right we had a, a tailbone uh, a tail which is like a third leg right uh, and as we start to evolve and go upwards to take fruit off the trees we didn't need our tail anymore because we weren't swinging through trees and over time you sort of lost our tail there's no need for it. our brain didn't trigger the tail muscle so it was like well this doesn't exist anymore and so when i said to the person in the class if i lost my leg in an accident or whatever would my son have a leg that was what i was saying like does yeah, your body forget something because it's not being used the next part of this podcast will be released very soon make sure you have subscribed and notifications are turned on stay tuned everyone